We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Jets up 13-0 in the Browns right now. Zach Wilson finishes 3 of 5, 65 yards. No touchdowns, did get sacked. Kellen Mond out there, though, Trista, getting a lot of time. 11 of 17 with an interception so far. How about that? How about those Browns? Got themselves their back. How about our Browns? How about it? Hey, I need the Browns to just keep. Well, you too. I just need the Browns to just don't score. Actually, nobody has to score anymore, and it's fine. 13 nothing, be fine. <laughs> Make that under not even a sweat. You know, I don't need football sweats this early in the in the summer. I'm good. It's still hot outside. I, I'd rather this just be an easy under, and I'm good to go. Ooh, we got a little, it looks like we got a, ourselves a little injury, Jets injury. I don't know what's going on, um, but never like seeing that. That's my least favorite thing to see. Uh, are injuries in preseason. Oh, absolutely the worst. I mean, especially if it's somebody trying to... Well, I mean, look, any injury is awful, but you also you just feel bad for somebody that maybe has a chance to make the roster. Not like a star that's got a guaranteed contract or as guaranteed as it can be and has some of that security. So, you know, somebody that's really got a chance to make the roster and then they get hurt and that ruins their chances. Those are, those are some of the worst. So, uh, all right. So, some of these what-ifs in the NBA really like just can make your head spin some of them you don't know if they even would make any sense I don't know how about you feel about this one what if Golden State drafted LaMelo Ball instead of James Wiseman like the thought is would it have worked with Steph would that have been the right type of situation James Wiseman didn't work out with Golden State uh you know would they have kept Jordan Poole then when it's all said and done but looking at these Tim Bontemps what ifs at ESPN.com uh I you definitely would have yourself a young, dynamic star that would be part of your future. Because that's the one thing with the Warriors, right? Like, in the end, I think Steph would have made it work. Steph can make it work with anybody. So, LaMelo Ball and Steph would be fun. Steph could play off the ball a little bit more. They both can shoot. Like, it it would it'd be fun to watch. I understand why they didn't, they didn't draft him at the time. But the whole point was, like, we thought the Warriors for those two down years were stockpiling young players. And they'd have their core. And they're ushering in a slow transition to some of their younger guys. We just haven't seen that at all with them, and it's actually set the Warriors back where you think that there's this bright future, and now it's, I, I don't know what the Warriors are going to be in a couple of years. Yeah, I I think about that all the time, that that decision to draft James Wiseman. Because all the time? So I didn't realize it haunted obviously. you so much. I didn't know it haunted you yeah, that much. Yeah, I think about it. Wow. Well, I mean, as a lifelong Dubs fan, you think about <laughs> the perils that address your team, you know, the one, ones that come knocking at your doorstep. Uh, James Wiseman was very clearly not ready for the NBA. And as as smart as the Warriors are, they know that they're a very difficult to pick up offense. Really, their schemes are one of the most complex in the NBA. So you really can't have someone who's barely played any high-level basketball come in and expect them to pick things up quickly. And you're not going to really be able to develop them because this is this is a very rare situation in the sense that the the Warriors were still in the middle of what they thought was a dynasty and they had you know a tragedy of a year when Steph injures his hand and they sort of punt on the year and it's a COVID year so they lock into getting the second overall pick but that player had to contribute right away if you don't you don't have the luxury of being a bad team and being able to like slow play and develop a guy by getting him that many minutes. You can't just come into the Warriors, a team that's trying to win a title, when you've played like eight games in college basketball. It just made no sense. And you had LaMelo, who maybe from a positional standpoint isn't a great fit, kind of like what Charlotte did by drafting Brandon Miller. And But, but LaMelo was a pro 
he played overseas at a very high level and showed that he was able to step in and be able to contribute right away. So I I don't know what they were doing, but picking like drafting Lamelo Ball changes how you think about Clay Thompson, what you do with him, how much leverage he has, you know whether you want to just trade Lamelo for like additional players that can help you now. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would have loved to have Lamelo. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible, terrible decision. Terrible. Warriors twelve to one to win the title right now. They have Lamelo Ball still on that roster. They're a little younger. I think we're talking about a team that's certainly going to be. Uh, shorter odds than 12 to 1 just given the fact that LaMelo as we've seen has certainly worked out with this but it's you know, the the drafting of James Wiseman a little bit kind of reminds me of the Pistons taking Darko Milicic number 2 overall over Carmelo Anthony because remember they got that pick going all the way back and this is people made it in the Otis Thorpe trade years and years ago with the Grizzlies if I remember correctly and they were a really good team that had no business drafting number 2 overall you know that Larry Brown didn't want to really have young guys anyway, and they knew that Darko could be a project that would take a little longer. Well, you pass on Carmelo Anthony. You have a bonus pick. Let's take a big, and we can develop him, and it'll take time. Well, Darko didn't work out, in case anybody doesn't remember that. And uh, neither did James Wiseman, clearly, with the Warriors. We'll see what happens with the Pistons. But, like, then it's just kind of have that feel like the Warriors looked at this and said, it's a bonus pick for us, so let's just give this guy a shot because if we can develop him over a couple of years, looks bad now, but... I mean, it was just, it was a wasted opportunity for them. It really was a wasted opportunity for the Warriors. And think uh, about how, think about also really quickly mm-hmm. before we move on to a different what if, just because I was thinking about this in, in terms of framing it around Jordan Poole. Like, think about what that means for Jordan Poole, too. He never gets those opportunities. Jordan Poole was a critical piece for their championship yep. team. Uh, two years ago. Imagine that guy not being Jordan Poole and actually being LaMelo Ball and think about the type of steamrolling they would do. LaMelo would be uh, like head and shoulders an upgrade over Jordan Poole. Does that mean LaMelo Ball would be a wizard now instead and he'd be right up the road from us here in these studios? No? Funny. Very funny. Not not how it works. hilarious. What, Scott? (laughs) It would be kind of cool, all right? Don't give me that face. LaMelo Ball is a... Of course not. What if the Houston Rockets didn't trade for Russell Westbrook. Hmm. So does that mean they also hadn't traded Chris Paul away too? Right. So that's what you have to think about then. So so what he's saying here, Westbrook never happened at all. Rather than trading Chris Paul, Maury instead holds on to him, insisting he and Harden can still coexist. And then in this, obviously, the what if it does, they bounce back and have a better season. I mean, I... Listen, you know my love for Chris Paul as a point guard. I think that is how I want to build. If I was to build a point guard, Chris Paul in his prime is how I'm building my point guard. I I understand in the moment why they wanted to kind of freshen things up. It felt like it had kind of run its course. But that that we see now Chris Paul still had a lot left in the tank. He may not have been prime Chris Paul, but he did it in Oklahoma City, got them to the playoffs, and then he looked certainly looked good at least short-term in Phoenix. Yeah, you're right, and they were – a Chris Paul hamstring away from beating the Warriors mm-hmm. and probably winning a title. Uh, I mean, that just goes to show you that sometimes no moves are better than making moves. It was so, so painfully obvious that was never going to work. I was actually sitting like maybe 50 feet, maybe 25 feet from Dan Tony when that trade went down. I watched him see it pop up on his screen via Bleacher Report. 
on his Jeez. notifications and just the 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 color draining from his face and then he looks around and I am looking dead into his soul ask you to see how this whole because I see it first and I immediately was like oh man there's D'Antoni let's watch him find out and he he looks up in horror and sees that there's people looking at him and then he tries to smile and like yeah like, everything's yes. fine and uh and tries to make it seem like that's what he wanted and I go and and his agent created the summer league Warren Legary. And I see Warren right after, and he says, well, that's about that. Dan Tony's gone. There's not enough ball to go around. And I go, you think he's really gone? He goes, oh, I know he's gone. He is. I mean, it is the end of the Houston Rockets now as we know it. It's soon, that was literally minutes after that trade went down. It is. I And now I'm wondering if at the point, this is why Daryl Morey wants to dig his heels in with any trade, right? It's like James Harden. He's like, no, I'm going to take my time. Ben Simmons, nope, I'm going to wait. It's like, let's really ride this out and not make a, a knee-jerk reaction. Let's not change something in the moment. Yeah, I always thought Chris Paul was a better fit, but Russell Westbrook anywhere is difficult. Like, it's just, he's the type of player that when he was still like, he was still essentially in his prime at that. Oh, let's pause Aaron Rodgers for the 17th time on camera, Trista. Look at him in a Jets hat. It's going to be just such a great year. Oh, man. You know, yes, should have been a prop. How many times are they going to show Aaron Rodgers on camera during this game? This is at least seven or eight at this point that they've shown him. And it's probably more. Anyway, yes. Uh, that is, that's actually got to be one of the funniest stories I've heard you tell, is that. It just just seeing that in that moment in summer league, and you're just like, oh, no. And that's that's what you get sometimes, right? I don't think people realize how often players, coaches, like a lot of people in organizations find out the same time that we may find out about a trade, about a move. They don't always, it's not like they send out a mass email to everybody in the organization. These insiders find it, they break the news, and it gets out there before anybody in the team is able to find it or like an official statement is put out by the organization. Yeah, and you get to watch. It was one of those things where you see, oh my goodness, the over Terrell Furman friend of show just gets oh, back bad no. beat. Uh 13-7 oh, now. Yeah. Oh no. That's why I said I wanted to stay away from that. Yeah. God. Oh no. Yeah, it's 20 now. Poor guy. We'll yeah, have to console terrible. him, see if he's it, okay. It it was one of those moments, and I know you've had these before, when while it's happening to you, you're like, Yeah, this is epic. Like this is mm -hmm. a life memory where it's now ingrained in my cerebellum forever yes. and yes. i have witnessed history that i knew it was like this is changing the league this is changing the league for good i mean I, it was it was certainly a shocking trade you never thought russell westbrook was going anywhere but then to see it get to that point you're like i, I mean changed the whole landscape of that organization here's one what if the clippers or Kawhi leonard doesn't get hurt in the 2021 playoffs with the clippers so he tore his ACL, and that was against the Jazz. Clippers really had nothing at that point in terms of beating Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals with just Paul George. They lost in six games. That Clippers team could have gone to the finals. And, you know, at that point, anything is certainly possible with a team that when you know when Kawhi's healthy can carry a team to the finals by himself like he did in Toronto. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. And I would say even in the season where 
he got hurt. He's gotten hurt in so many playoffs back to back to back. I know. So he got hurt in 21, 22, and 23. No, 21 and 23. Is that true? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he's been hurt pretty much every year. So it uh, it also was the case when they played the Mavs and he got hurt in that series as well. But yeah, there's the Clippers. Maybe we're not thinking about them blowing it up. Maybe we're thinking about them as as a team that's actually a contender. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, going to the finals, maybe taking the Bucks to six or seven, maybe winning that. There's some of these on here that. Tim Bontemps has that you look at and go, I bet these teams are really wishing they didn't do it. One that stands out to me, what if the Timberwolves didn't trade for Rudy Gobert? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. It's not changing. the Like, this isn't, like, a lot of the other ones we've looked at are, could be title-altering moves, right? Like, what if this didn't happen? It changes the dynamic of the Warriors with Lamella Ball. It changes the Clippers if Kawhi's healthy. The Timberwolves weren't going to win a title with or without Rudy Gobert. It, it just doesn't matter. But you still just think about how much they gave up for this guy and how it has just not worked at all. Here's another one I thought was really interesting. What if the Sacramento Kings drafted Luka Saw instead that. of Marvin Bagley? <sighs> Can you imagine? In that offense they had last year? Luca is yeah, a part of that. De'Aaron Fox. That's the thing, Luka. though. De'Aaron Fox and Luca together, though. Those are both ball dominant guards. Like, does that click? Like, is that on a level? And De'Aaron Fox is obviously not Kyrie in that sense, but it's too. He's we've already kind of seen him with a ball dominant guard for a short period of time, and that didn't work. Like, does that work as well as it maybe sounds on paper? That'd be my only question. But then you also got to think, okay, they're probably moving the roster around a little bit in that sense, so it's not going to necessarily look the same anyway. Yeah, they, there's probably a lot of moving pieces there. You probably don't end up getting Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton probably goes somewhere else. Maybe you don't make the maybe you don't make the uh, the trade for Demonis Sabonis because you don't have Tyrese Halliburton. That team is completely different. Right. So it, some of these are chain events where like you can't just drop that player into like the current roster because that's not how it would have worked. No. You know, and you, the Kings yep. are, would probably be a great example with Luca. Where that's just that's not even close to the same roster whatsoever. Maybe De'Aaron Fox doesn't stay. I mean, there were there were rumors. You know, there were certainly trade rumors out there, and I know it happens a lot, and it doesn't mean it's actually going to come to fruition. But De'Aaron Fox was in a lot of trade rumors earlier in his career. I'm sure they're happy they kept him. Clearly, they are. But you know, maybe there's a, a scenario there where Luca's the lead guard, and then you're moving De'Aaron Fox for something else, and that just becomes a totally different looking team anyway. Yeah. Lakers, what if the Spurs Crazy. traded Kawhi to the Lakers? Do <laughs> you think he stays? I don't know. I mean, he's hap- he's with the Clippers, so it's not like it's an L.A. thing. I think he probably does. Kawhi and LeBron yeah. together. That, that man, You know what? Well, what you could have is you could have Kawhi working with LeBron on all of his offseason training and the recovery, and maybe Kawhi plays more games, and then he wins. You a mean like of Anthony Davis has? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, some people, I guess, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it only works for LeBron, I guess. It's nobody else. Nobody else can use it. Damn it! <laughs> it's bad MG on the night.